0: Geysa Radio you are Family, I'm Marion and uh, I'm talking to a member of our LGBTQ plus community who had a horrific experience in Iran quite recently. Now, this individual was actually detained. How are you doing?
1: Hi, um, I'm okay. I'm finally back in South Africa, so I'm feeling much, um, much more at peace. I'm still trying to recover from, you know, the whole experience in Iran, but I'm just very happy to be back in my home country.
0: You know, you were recently detained. What were you there for? You were there for work.
1: I was there for work. Um, I received a six-month contract to work in Iran and... um, I wasn't quite educated on the country and the economy and what was happening in the country. And, you know, I was just at a very desperate point in my life where I was in need of money and, you know, I was offered this fabulous contract. And I when I got to the country, everything seemed fine. After the first month, things just went terribly wrong. And I tried to get away, but I was held captive in the work environment that I was working in. What happened? What happened? So I received a contract, a job offer about seven months ago, say, and I was working in the country. You know, I, I, I was offered this uh, really great opportunity. And also, uh, I was thinking a lot about the money because they offered me a really great salary. And, you know, I wasn't very educated on the economy of Iran. So I just thought, OK, well, they're offering me all this money. So um, let me go. And that was actually my biggest mistake because I should have done actually research about um, Iran before going to the country I, I arrived there, the first month was sort of okay and then after the first month, um, that's when all hell broke loose and things just got really really crazy and the guy that hired me refused to release me from Iran because he had contracted me for six months and because I rede- I started to notice that things was not going very well and I wanted to leave, he kept me hostage in the country, um, refusing me to, to leave. For how long were it was hostage. for six months in the country and how
0: you know did he lock you up
1: well he didn't lock me up he just refused to release me because when you work in iran for somebody that's um, that's hiring you from iran they basically put you under a, a visa that doesn't allow you to to leave the country unless the, the employer. Uh, signs an exit visa to release you so you're basically by the hands of your employer and you cannot do anything unless that person wants to uh, release you so it's all up to them so they play quite a lot of mind games with you there and that's what kind of you know puts you in a lot of fear
0: were you ever in trouble for being an lgbtq plus person
1: no i haven't been but uh, when i was in iran obviously i started to understand that homosexuality was an absolute no-no in the country and that it was forbidden to be gay and that if anyone was caught being gay, that they would be locked up or receive some severe punishment um, with whips and chains and getting beaten up by the police. It's quite horrific. Um, and that obviously put a lot of fear in me. So um, living in Iran for six months, I was basically um, in hell. It was hell for me um, living there were you allowed to go anywhere I was allowed to go completely restricted I could still go out into the city and do my shopping and you know if I needed to get uh, need to get some food uh, for me but I was living in fear and walking around in the in the in the, in the country I was having to cover up myself constantly I wore a lot of, like, hoodies um, covering my face and, you know, covering my body because um, I'm so used to, you know, being a South African Cape Capetonian guy. I walk around with shorts and a short vest and flip-flops and I can just rock the day with that. But in Iran, it's an absolute no-no.
0: Now, here you are, work contract stuck. You can't get out of the country. You are fearing to be yourself. What was your worst fear while well, being there at the time?
1: My worst fear was meeting somebody in Iran and then um, them deceiving me, taking me to the, doing some creepy, uh, you know, malicious things to me, um, maybe holding me hostage or trying to kill me in, the, in their home, because that's, uh, that's what they do. Um, they will lie just to find a gay person and pretend, you know, to be gay. And then when they get you, they, that's when they, they, they do the most horrific things to gay people. They they beat them up and it's just really scary. So I, I was actually quite dry I must say for six months. I was very scared to meet guys because obviously I'm I'm a human being and I was in Iran and you know there are gay people there but they are so discreet and you don't know who you can trust also because a lot of people are set up by the police to find gay people, catch them and, and inflict harm on them and lock them up and put them away in prison or even stone them to death in most cases.
0: The person that employed you, did they know that you were an LGBTQ plus person?
1: My boss did know, yes. But like I said, you know, I I was very ignorant and I wasn't educated enough on the country and I shouldn't have actually gone there. But I was in the country and he knew, yes, that I was gay. He could obviously see, I don't hide the fact that, you know, I am who I am. If you can spot that I'm gay, then so be it. So he obviously knew that I was gay and he used that as an advantage to him to instill fear in me. You know, so that he can keep me um, on my knees, basically.
0: So he basically blackmailed you and said hey, if you do anything, I'm going to tell authorities you gay."
1: Yeah, he did a lot of those, yeah. A lot. Even his wife, which was on the circus, well, the premises that I was working, he um, he had his wife working with him. She also knew that I was gay, a little bitch fight with her. She ran to the police and she said, um, oh, this guy is gay. But luckily the police, they don't respect women because men are kind of the superior in Iran. So women have not much rights. So the police, luckily, they didn't take note of what she said. And I was just like trying to run away from that.
0: What was the conditions like that you were staying in? Was it at least decent conditions? You weren't kept in fault?
1: The conditions wasn't that great. We didn't stay in a house. We stayed in um, little um, trailered compartments, but there was air conditioning, there was a shower, there was a kitchen, there was a bed, everything. I made it kind of nice, you know, for me, comfortable for me. But living on the on the premises that I worked for and very unsafe because um, the trailered accommodation that I had didn't have a lock on the door and I, had to, I couldn't sleep at night because, you know, I was worried that somebody would barge into my room and you know trying to attack me in the middle of the night so I was constantly in fear it was it was a nightmare and I'm still trying to recover from the trauma because now that I'm back in South Africa I'm I still sometimes have problems sleeping because I'm I'm fearing that somebody's going to you know come for me and and that's that's what what the, these people have done to me
0: during the time that you were held against your will exactly what happened
1: when i realized that things was getting really really hectic And that um, I wasn't able to continue working in this place. I packed my bags and I wanted to leave. And then I didn't have any knowledge that, you know, I I can't just leave the country without my, my employer giving me an exit visa. And he knew that I needed that to leave Iran. And that's when he refused to release me and he kept me hostage in, in my work environment, refusing me to leave. He told me that if I don't pay him all the money back for the flight ticket that he bought to bring me to uh, Iran, and also the visa cost money the, uh, for the work permits and all that, if I don't pay him back, then he will you know, abandon me in Iran. Then, of course, when that visa expires and you're abandoned, you're fucked. You can't go anywhere. And even if the visa expires, and even if he hasn't signed the release visa, I'm still not entitled to leave the country. It was a really, really shitty situation, really bad.
0: You weren't ever abused uh, physically? Yes,
1: I was. I was abused quite a lot. I went through a lot of physical abuse and verbal abuse. Um, the worst was the physical abuse. During showtime, um, I was working with a lot of Arab people. Um, and these people um, were very aggressive. They behaved like animals. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. They They were really like animals. Um, and the, what they, they did was because I was during my working hours, um, I, I needed assistance from some of the Arab guys. And when they were fooling around, some of them were even drinking alcohol on duty. And it was just really, really bad. And they put my life at risk, you know, while working. So I would come down after after my work and I would obviously be very upset. And one day I was just so upset that I was screaming off the top of my lungs, you know, like just swearing. Going crazy, and these guys saw me going on, and they came up to me and strangled me, and slapped me around, and beat me down to the ground, and kicked me around. It was horrible. It was like a nightmare. Like it just sometimes I still can't believe that it happened to me.
0: How did you eventually get away? How did you get out?
1: Eventually, when all this ended, um, I tried to, you know, obviously pretend and kind of make peace with my boss. I had to fake it till I make it, basically. So I lied my way out. I pretended to be like, you know, all sorry and humble, which I was actually wishing that my boss could just rot in hell right in front of me because I I just, you know, he was just pure evil and bad news and his intentions were really, really bad. So um, I just had to play the game and I won. Um, he said, no, you will make sure that my, you will sign my exit visa at the end of the contract, provided that I complete the work. So when the six months was done, um, he had to go to the police and uh, start the process for an exit visa, which takes about 15 days. So I waited uh, 15 days, and after that, um he ran away from the circus, and it was very difficult to get hold of him because he had my passport in, in his possession, and, and he still owed me money from two months of working. So... It was a lot of money that I had to just walk away from, but he gave me my to the, to the workplace that I was at through another employer um, that's working for him, and he gave me my passport, and I was just happy to have my passport with, with my exit visa to leave the country. I didn't care about anything else. I had to walk away from over 2000 American dollars, so I lost a lot, and I had to come back to South Africa with my own money, and I, I basically lost a hell of a lot, so I'm trying to regain myself again.
0: How long ago did this happen?
1: This happened about a month ago. Yeah, exactly a month ago.
0: So it's all still very fresh.
1: It's very, very fresh. Very fresh. I'm still trying to recover from everything. It's not easy, really. Um, to think that I made it this far and I could have been dead. Really, I could have been dead. And I thank God every day that, you know, I, I've made it out of that, out of that place because it was, it was a nightmare. It was just, your hell. I, I don't think uh, you get anything worse than what I've been through, really. I don't know. It's you, been really hectic.
0: You mentioned you still get nightmares. Otherwise, emotionally and mentally, how are you coping?
1: Well, I, I think the experience in Iran changed me a lot. Um, I'm not the same person I was before, like six months ago, seven months ago. Um, I'm not that same person. I, I, I've changed a lot. I, I, I view people in a different way and I don't trust easily anymore. Um, I, I used to be very soft. Um, I'm still quite a softy, but um, with this experience, um, I don't know, I've become very, very different. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I went through most so of that because I think I needed this change to happen within me because I'm not the same that I, person that I was seven months ago.
0: If you can give anybody advice out there who might be in a similar situation or heading towards a similar situation, What would you say?
1: Well, I would say if anyone gets offered an opportunity, you know, to go overseas, I know for South Africans, it's very exciting for us to get an opportunity to go abroad. I've had the opportunity to work in the Middle East, in Asia, Europe, the United States. I've been to many, many countries, and it's been a really amazing experience. But I would say that, you know, don't just jump for an opportunity do your research you know your shit don't just you know take anything i know it seems very exciting at the spur of the moment but they should be very careful and also i know um like i've also recently experienced with another gay friend of mine from south africa he was chatting online with some guy from uh, turkey which is also an islamic country um and this guy offered him to you know, come and have a week of fun and, uh, you know, partying. And obviously, you know, uh, you know like uh, in the gay community, there can be a lot of lust and, you know, um, sex, uh, sexual uh, you know, things involved. So, you know, just be very careful with any offers, you know. Don't just go there, you know, have a plan B, have my extra money. Make sure that if you are in the shit that you can pay your way out of the situation. So that's also something that I've learned, you know, within my career.
0: Guys already with your family, I'm Rian and uh, there we heard it, you know, don't just rush into situations and uh, you can be held hostage in a work contract depending on what country you are, so think carefully before you are doing it.